Today I talk with Kirk Haworth. Kirk is the founder of Plates, which is a plant-based restaurant and food studio in London. He has years of experience in multiple Michelin star restaurants and is also the founder of Chef's Wellness, which is a program that helps chefs with their mental and physical health. We talk about his journey with Lyme disease, how his approach to life has changed over the years and much, much more. So please enjoy. Welcome, Kirk. Uh, first, I, there are so many things I want to ask you about, yeah. uh, most based on what you were talking about yesterday. Uh, but the first thing, can you uh, take me through your uh, journey with Lyme? Yeah. Um, okay, so it's a very complex, very long journey, but I'm going to try and sum it up in, in, um, in a little amount of time. Um, so when I was about 23, 24, I was living in Australia at that time. I was um, <clears throat> working 16, 17 hours a day. I was running um, 30 kilometers a week. I was For sports? Yeah, 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 I was playing tennis, very active guy. Um, at that time, I didn't really know how to look after myself in terms of food and the right things to put in my body. Um, I used to push my body a lot. Um, and in my first year, I got bitten by, um, a, they thought it was a spider, so I was asleep in the night and I woke up and my hand was just like huge, like four times as big. Um, so I went to the doctors and they said, oh, it's just a spider bite, maybe give you some antibiotics for six, six or seven days. It's, if it goes down, you're done. So obviously, you know, as we spoke about uh, in person, that when you're born in this world, we are believed to believe what doctors say. So we put our trust and our health in the doctor's hands. So obviously I just never thought anything of it. At this time, again, I knew nothing about health or looking after myself. So um, I just took the antibiotics, that was it. And then after that, um, I started to develop very strange, invisible symptoms. Um, it started with constant um, weeing, so my bladder couldn't hold any water. So I was weeing up to like 30, 40 times a day. Um, chronic headaches all the time. Um, dehydrated, but then when I would drink a little bit of water, I'd go straight to the toilet. And even if I didn't drink water, I'd go to the toilet. Um, and I was this time I was working in a kitchen, <clears throat> so it was very hard to try and disguise and hide from the other members of the team what I was going through because at that time, especially, you know, talking like seven years ago, it was it was hard to be like this is what I'm dealing with or whatever because it's invisible as well. So it was a mentally it was very difficult for me as a person to try and deal with myself and how to, how do I talk about these things because am I going crazy is is in, you know is it in my head am I creating the these things because I'm worrying that it's worse than what it is yeah. but I knew it was something bad um so this carried on for about a year and then I just woke up one morning with the most horrific pain I can ever imagine from from everywhere but mainly in my legs and I literally couldn't walk it literally like my, one of my legs had been hit with a baseball bat so I couldn't, I had to like lift my leg off, like off the bed and carry it down the stairs. And then the same thing happened to the other leg. And I was just like, like I couldn't, my, my nerves were that attacked. I could feel it, you know, like I couldn't put any force on my legs. It was horrific. And I'm not exaggerating, you know, I've worked in hard kitchens and I've worked always when I've been sick with flu or anything. So I'm not... I don't exaggerate anything I say, but it was like, I can't explain how bad, it, how bad the pain was. So obviously I went to the doctors as normal. Oh, there's nothing wrong. You're just, you, it's because you ran, you 
you know, you used to run so much and your hamstrings are tight. That's what the doctors would say. And I knew that how, I think it's hard because if I knew what I knew now, you know, you always have that like, oh, why didn't I, but it's not my fault. It's not my fault that I was, I, you know, I believe what I got told. But I knew that it wasn't hamstring problems, Mike, because I, I know I've been doing sport for a long time, so I know if I pull my hamstring, I know the pain. This pain was like spider. I, I used to try and tell the doctors, it's like spiders are eating my body. And they would look at me like I'm, I'm mental, like literally like trying to give me antidepressants. I said, no, 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 I'm not crazy, I'm telling you. But because I looked okay, they couldn't get their head around it. And all the tests they did on my body, look fine so I did MRI scans I spent like so much money like 12,000 pounds on scans in Australia MRI scans on my legs on my knees on my ankles on my spine on my brain because it was just like it was just like a, a whirlwind of symptoms like every day I was like oh my head's so bad this day on my legs and so it was kind of like this for so for about a year um, I was so desperate they put me on some medication called gabapentin Gabapentin is for people with um, uh, epilepsy to stop them having seizures because um, it controls the nerves. And this was the, to be honest, I was begging them to give me something because everything they give me would not touch the pain. I went through so many things, I was like, no, I can't survive, you know. They give me this gabapentin, it actually helped me a lot, to be fair. And I'm not one for medication, but at that time, like I would have done anything just to calm the pain down. So I was very thankful. Um, and they got to um, about a year dealing with this in Australia. My father was like, uh, you're gonna have to come home because like, you can't carry on like this. So I left Australia, I moved back home with my parents. Um, my father has a restaurant in England. So I was like, and again, at this time, I'm like, I should have just stopped working and found out what it was. But it's so hard when you don't know what's wrong with you. Do you just sit at home and wait and try and, you know, it was very like a, I don't know, to try and keep, I've always been like keeping my mind active. So my, I said I worked for my dad. So I worked for my dad um, whilst, whilst we were trying to find out what was wrong with me. And then we spent a couple more years going to doctors all over the UK. You know, these, these expert pain experts, these spine specialists, all these people. And I would go there, I tell them my story and it's like um, a three hour story for the doctors, you know, because they want to know every single detail. Um, okay, they would say, okay, come back in three months time or I get a letter to my house. Um, okay, come back in three, three to six months, we have this, they send the day, I go back down, it's a different doctor and he says to me, oh, so Kurt, you've got a problem with one of your legs. And this was happening all the time, a different doctor. So they didn't pass on the message. So every time I was so angry, you know, because in my head, I was young as well, so I was like, Dad, they're going to find out what it is and then we can treat it and I'm going to get better. That's how I was thinking in my mind, you know? So I got there and it was just the same shit and it was making me really ill, more ill than the pain because I was so like frustrated with these people. So after this happened about 12 times, I said to this guy, I said, no more, no fucking more. And that's the first time I cried, like, and I'm, I'm not someone that cries. And I cried so bad and I said to my dad, I remember I hit the wall on the way, I said to my dad, I'm fucking done. And I swore and I was like, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. And I went home and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna find out what it is myself because these people are making me more ill. Um, so I started to research lots of things um, and a friend of mine actually um, spoke, um, 
said that someone on the news had spoke about suffering with Lyme disease. And at this point, I'd never heard of it. Never heard of Lyme. Didn't know you could even get sick from a spider then. Um, and I looked on the symptoms and I was like, oh my God. You know, you just see something and you know, after like all the five years of hell, I was like, oh my God, that's it. I was like, I was so worried, but I was so happy at the same time because I knew, I knew in my heart, even if the best doctors in the world tell me that you haven't got this, I knew because when you know, and I think anyone that suffers with Lyme or any of these invisible symptoms, they know themselves with their own bodies. Um, so I went to, so I rang my GP and I, and I said, I, well, I need an appointment. I went up there with like all this information I've got. I had like over 45 symptoms. I have this, 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 this is, this is everything that I have. No, 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 you don't have Lyme because in England it's very covered up. They don't want to accept because the problem is that the testing is very, very bad, firstly. And secondly, they don't have any treatments. And there's millions of people suffering. So you think about that. That's if they open, if they open to the, if they start diagnosing people properly with Lyme, they have to treat them, and that costs money, a lot of money, millions and millions and millions. So there's always, you know, this kind of corruption around Lyme, and it's very, very sad. Um, yeah, so I got tested on the NHS test, which we now know is 95% negative. So I came back negative. Nearly everyone with Lyme comes back negative, um, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not accepting this. I was like, told my doctor, think what you want. So I, I found a private clinic um, in down, down south and they send the test to America and Germany. These tests cost around 3,000 pounds. But I didn't care, I was like, I need to know obviously. So I went there, as soon as they saw me and I told them the symptoms, because they're a Lyme clinic, so they see these people all the time, they said, I know you have it. And I know all the infections you have, because with Lyme, you kind of get like, there's something like over 300 co-infections of the body. The longer it stays in the body, it manifests more and more and more things, as you know, it damages more parts of your body. Um, so I, um, I got tested in America and Germany, and it came back like so high on Borrelia, which is the bacteria of Lyme, and all these, you know, um, infections. Um, and then they, they're a clinic and they said, okay, you need to do um, antibiotics six days a week into intravenous in the body um, for the first month and then we'll see how we go and it's four thousand pounds wait six days a week for a month yeah and um, it's four thousand pounds so obviously like now I'm so much more aware I'm so much educated online and when that money is not actually a lot now in terms of the Lyme world yeah. like it's very expensive for illness uh, but then I was like what like obviously so um, I spoke to my dad I spoke to a few my dad's quite old school so he was like you need to do what the doctor says son you know and I was like no 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 so I spoke about I started to read loads of books before I held the doctor I said okay give me like a few weeks I need to just make my decision breathe and make my decision so I read lots of books I read lots of people's stories online I got in touch with some people and spoke to them on the phone and the overall review was that most people that take IV antibiotics when the illness, is, when Lyme is chronic, so chronic means when you've had it for a few years and you haven't been treated. So if you get it, if you get, if you get treated really early, antibiotics is the, is the way. So if you get bitten and you start getting sick after a few weeks, take the antibiotics and it can kill it. Yeah. But I didn't, I unfortunately, didn't, I didn't have that. That's, that's a strange thing because I don't know anything about, about antibiotics other than what we're told, mm -hmm. but you were given some antibiotics 
you know, when you first got the infection, when you got, first got the yeah. bite, but there was just probably different type or whatever, you know? No, yeah, this is something that confuses me so often when you can get like so many different types of an antibiotics for different... Uh, but, but with Lyme, um, one week isn't enough. Yeah. You need a month minimum and one month on antibiotics. And I still fight this in England because the, on the guidelines on the NHS, it says two weeks. So lots of people even now are in England taking these take the antibiotics for two weeks and then they become sick a few months later again because they haven't killed it properly. You know, antibiotics are an amazing thing for you know curing these things very early. But when it's chronic, it's a very different thing because it's you're treating a, a whole body. Yeah, it's taken hold everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, I, I made the decision that most people, it was about an eighty percent ratio, always relapsed after the antibiotics or the antibiotics destroyed their gut bacteria and then they become worse and then they have to then fight to get their gut bacteria back. And we know that the gut controls around 70% of our body and fights the immune system and helps, you know. It's like the fire in our body. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna do it. So I started to research um, like natural therapies, started to research the gut, how food has such an influence. On this time, you know, in my cooking career, I'd always been so passionate, so busy. I would just eat like, you know, a few chips for staff when I was running so busy and then that's it, you know? What, what year about was that? I was about 24. Uh, no, what, uh, what year was it? Um, okay, so, uh, so we're in, so we are, I'm 32 now. So you're eight years ago. Oh, so like 2011, 2012, yeah, about 2012. Okay. Um, so what were I talking about then? I forgot. Uh, you were just uh, eating, uh, starting to uh, look into the diet. That's yeah, so I started reading about the gut bacteria and I was like, okay, let's do this. So I started to like um, speak to people. I moved back home with my father. I took the whole year off and I started to um, approach people like local farmers who were growing vegetables. I said, can I come and you know, take your vegetables? And a few of them... I live in a small town, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told them about what I was going through, like, take what you want. So I started to eat a lot of organic vegetables. I used to juice like three, four times a day. And I used to do a thing called um, bioresonance. Um, it's like a frequency generator. And basically what it is, it's like pulsed frequencies through your body and it can attack the pathogens of Lyme. Mm. And it's amazing. I've actually got a Rife machine here as well, I'll show you after. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, Again, quite an out there treatment, but it's very interesting how it treats the body with not a lot of side effects. Um, so I did this and I did a lot of herbal um, herbal medicine. Um, so like um, a lot of like Indian turmeric, um, uh, ginseng, azawanga, um, all these like a cat's claw. You I got it Azawanga? I, 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 I always call it like Ashwanga. Ashwanga, yeah, yeah, okay. that's it. My northern I have no, I have no idea how to yeah, yeah. pronounce it. Um, I started to like read and put a protocol together um, to attack the Lyme. And I got about 80% better in nine months. I was running again. I was like, wow, this is amazing, right? Um, and my best friend lives in Australia and he was like, Kirk, I know how much you've suffered. I bought you a flight to come in Australia, come for a holiday. So at this point, I was like, yeah, okay, I feel kind of strong enough, I'll go. My dad was like, do not go because the bugs on the plane, all this thing, the stress of the flight. Anyway, I went and um, I became so ill. All my symptoms, re relapsed, came back like 20 times worse. 
Um, and at this point, I didn't know that that you couldn't kill. Like you, I didn't know that Lyme could come back. So I didn't know that it can relapse. And when you have chronic Lyme, I don't think you can ever cure, kill it. You have to can put it in remission, and then you control it for your lifestyle. Um, so if you become really stressed or go through a really traumatic experience in your life or whatever, it can bring back those symptoms. Um, so yeah, I spent the whole three weeks in Australia. We were meant to do we we um, we did a dinner, sorry for for Lyme raising awareness. We raised thirty thousand dollars with a dinner to support people suffering with Lyme. Um, but I spent the whole time in bed, apart from that. And then I came back home three weeks later, and I spent six months in bed. My dad had to carry me from the bed to the car, and I was like devastated, you know, because I put all this effort in to getting better, and I'd just gone so much more back. And I was like, I was really, really suffering bad with like depression and suicidal thoughts because I just was like, I'm done, you know, I can't live with this anymore. I was in so much pain, like it was horrendous. Um, and I think when I talk about like feeling depressed and suicidal thoughts, I think that's, and I've come to terms with that now. And I think there is a big part of the Lyme bacteria making you do that. That's the. Lyme I wanted to ask about that during the, in the first part, the, the the depression, because I know so many people that when they get Lyme, especially when it gets chronic, they get suicidal thoughts, they get depression, they get because some people they have even more mental issues than they have physical issues. But you were just talking about physical issues before. I had more physical at first, but yeah, I have, like I have a friend in America and I used to play football with him and his girlfriend, his girlfriend has just got Lyme now and I said, what's her biggest symptom? And he said, depression. He said, like, it's just eating her brain. Like, she, he's controlling her brain. And that's what it does, you know? So it's, this is why we have to kind of break this, like, cycle and understand the variance of depression and what it is and the causes, there's, there's a cause of it. Yeah. It's not just, oh my God, I'm depressed because this happened. There's a cause of it in our body. Yeah. And it can be led by bacteria or viruses that can be causing yeah. this. But these people don't know this because they just take the medication from the doctor. Yeah. What and I, it's like, I, oh, I'm depressed and I've got to live with this for the rest of my life. Yeah, because I've, I've had very many of my best friends be very, very depressed. And I've seen that and it's something that breaks my heart because what I want to... I want to let people know is that depression is not an illness, it's a symptom. It's a symptom that something is wrong. Your body is telling you that something is going on. And this is in, when you're trying to treat the symptom, you know what happens? You're just, you're just going to mask like the, what's, what the, the real issue is be, uh, like beneath it. Yeah. Have you heard about Morgellons disease? Yeah. Yeah. And do you know the link with it to Lyme's as well? Yeah. Yeah, so for the people who don't know, do you want to... Uh, wanna... And there's another one called Hashimoto's. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Yeah. I know more about this one than the other one. Yeah, because so I know I about Morgellons. Yeah. Because what, what Morgellons is, is that many people the think that they on. have like... No, they think that they have like small box or something living underneath their skin. Or they have like... Uh, yeah, yeah, that can be with Lyme though. So yeah. I, have, I have twitches. So maybe if you stay with me in the, for the next few hours, when I can feel it, I'll show you. And you can see my... You can it's almost you can see the twitches in my skin mm. of the bugs because with the Morgellons because they because they used to say that people are just hallucinating basically they used to say that they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're dreaming that they have this Morgellons disease that's what it is with Lyme yeah and when they started to test them it turned out that everyone who says they have Morgellons they have Lyme so it's just again it takes uh, over your nervous system yeah. and stuff starts happening uh, another question I really wanted to ask you have you heard about Stephen Kotler yeah, yeah, the chelation, uh, the detoxification. No. Uh, the Cutler protocol. Uh, 
Uh, he might have something like that. He's the he's the founder of the Human Flow Genome Project. He's died now, no? No, um, no, he's alive. Person. Andrew Cutler is another one. That I okay, that's some, said that's some Stephen Cutler because he had Lyme as well, right. and this is such a, a, such an interesting story. He's a journalist, uh, and uh, he's considered one of like the main uh, people, uh, the biggest experts on like human like high level performance and the uh, flow state. You know about the flow state, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, Stephen Cutler, he had Lyme as well. Yeah. And uh, he had it for years, and exactly what you said, he was uh, in the end, he was just uh, basically bedridden. He said he had like 10% of his uh, energy left, and uh, he was just uh, his friends and his family uh, were helping him. Yeah. And one day, what happened was his uh, friend said, I'm gonna take you and I'm gonna take you surfing. And uh, he took him to the beach, yeah. and he helped him on a surfboard, and uh, like. Uh, helped him to paddle into the waves yeah. and he started surfing and after that surfing his uh, his uh, like symptoms basically like went away and he kept surfing yeah. and he basically got rid of uh, Lyme's disease through surfing and so that's that's when he started to uh, look into the flow state and he found out that when you're in the flow state your body flushes uh, all the toxins out of your body for some like reason and he started to be like super, super interested. Yeah. And now so uh, now he and I think a British guy named Jamie Wheel, yeah. they have this thing called the Human uh, flow, uh, flow Genome Project. And so they started the Human uh, Flow Genome Project, basically just to try to learn everything about flow. The, the, like the most famous book they've written is called Stealing Fire, mm -hmm. where, where they talk all about that. But I wanted to ask you, because, uh, because this is just, again, somebody who had limes, went through all like the uh, mainstream path, and yeah. absolutely nothing, uh, nothing came from it. And this is the crazy just surfing, like this is, this is how we finally got rid of yeah, it. Yeah, and I think, the, oh, it's so difficult, because you can say stuff like this, and then people think, oh, it's nothing then if you, got, if you did it like that, or, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's such um, a complex topic. You know, I could talk about everything I've done for for hours. You know, and the stuff I've tried and the effort that I've put in. And you know, and people are like, oh, you must be better than now. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm at a stage now where I'm, I'm manageable. You know, I'm managing and I I have tools in place to help me. But I'm not I'm not I'm not the Kirk that used to run 30 kilometers. But that's what I believe I will get to. But we have to understand that. Every single person that gets treated um, is different, you know. And we, I, I know people that have spent like half a million pounds on Lyme and still not getting better, you know. Like I did um, a therapy in Cyprus that was ozone therapy. I don't know if you've heard about it. And they take out the blood and they pump it with oxygen. Oh yeah. And they put it back in. Um, I did that for a month in Cyprus and it cost me like seven thousand pounds and I ended up worse. So since then, I've always been scared to then do another big treatment, you know. Um, so that's why I kind of create a protocol for my life that is a patient protocol that I can gradually get better, you know. I have these things in place and, and until there is something that and I just don't want to risk like doing something now that would make me worse. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be able to deal with it. But uh, was it actually a spider bite or was it a tick? So I didn't see it. I was asleep. Okay, but because because I, I only said, know that you can get Lyme from ticks, but, but are there spiders as well? That's really? false, also. Yeah, really. That's just that's the that's that's the problem with all these lies, you know, in the in the English, in, 
that's out there in the media and stuff, they say it's only from a tick. We know that it's a tick, a mosquito even now, um, spiders and fleas even. So people are getting um, people are getting like bitten by mosquitoes and then a few months later getting sick. But the, because you don't, the doctors want to see the the bullseye rash, you yeah, know. And they say, oh, if you don't have the bullseye rash, you, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And it's so ignorant, you know. And we have to be more open-minded about about these things. We finally don't have that. Have we used to have that in Estonia as well, and now we don't. If you look up the like the official the Lyme like the website, yeah. it says that like twenty to thirty percent of people they get the bullseye rash, but uh, most people actually don't. So it's uh, luckily we don't have that uh, that mentality anymore. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but what you just said about uh, about spiders and uh, yeah. fleas and mosquitoes, I've never heard that. Yeah, and um, and the, I used to say why like when doctors would be like, you know, I used to I used to go I used to finish work at like one a.m. and go to A and E like every single night because like my head was so bad, you know, it felt like it was being eaten, and they would be like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, and I'd be like, why? Like, why would a young guy who loves his who loves his career, who loves cooking, who loves running, why would I like make up something? Yeah. That's how they make you feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's invisible, they make you feel that, and it's so detrimental to our mental health. You know, so not only you're dealing with chronic pain and all these symptoms as a physic in your physical health, internally and mentally, you have to then deal with fighting doctors, yeah. and it's just crazy. And that's why I speak out about it because I know, I know for a fact there's so many people suffering. And if I'd have, if I'd have found someone seven years ago that was speaking, you know, I could have saved myself three or four years. You know, I could have jumped that. Yeah. And that's what Chef's Wellness is about—the project that we talked about yesterday on the Nada, the Nada, 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 Nada talk. Yeah, I love that name. Um, it's about. It's not about. You know, it's about sharing. So if people share their knowledge we can c cut out so much time and suffering you know yeah. it's like yesterday when if if there is someone in that room that has gone through something suffered really bad let's say with anxiety and they've found this amazing therapist in estonia right that's changed their life and there's another guy in there suffering at the moment and that person tells that person about this person that's helped them and then it helps that person right yeah then that could save that person a year of like going through a lot of pain and stuff. Yeah, and there is such a silly thing what you said, like when you say you have like throbbing headaches and you go to the doctors and they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. No, I just said I have throbbing yeah. headaches. The fact that you don't understand what's, uh, what's wrong with me doesn't uh, doesn't mean that there is anything, yeah. nothing wrong, you know? Uh -huh. they, they should still, why aren't they still trying to help you? Why aren't they like, oh, we don't know what it is. Let's try to find out. Yeah. Not just like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. I just said what's wrong yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, you know, I know. This is and so, it, it, it goes back to, again, why, why would you make it up? Like, no one wants to feel shit. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. But And I've come, I've, I've become, I'm at peace with, doctors now you know I went through a time where I was so angry with them but you it just manifests in your body and actually makes you feel worse because doctors are amazing for certain things but when it comes to like chronic mystery illnesses or problems they kind of become stuck yeah and they don't have the resources or the time to then they're very they, good at what they're good at and they're very bad at the things that they don't know yeah about. very very bad. yeah but can you take me through like what the, what was the protocol that uh, you actually used to finally like that you went on to finally get better and is it the same thing that you do r right now oh, with, the, with the, the first time 
No, the, the second time when you got worse again, and then like, uh, what I've been the, doing the lately. diet diet, for example, that you went on, and did you use any like extra supplements, any any uh, other uh, treatments? Yes. So I, I have a practitioner that I work with now, and she monitors everything that I take. So I I haven't got them all with me because I couldn't put them all on the plane. Um, but I take a lot of supplements. Um, so I always take probiotics. I take an adrenaline, um, adrenal, you know, your adrenal, because my adrenals are quite down. That causes the fatigue. So I take adrenal boosters. I take high-dose vitamin C. Um, I think I have the vitamin C in my pocket. Um, it's, uh, it's a lipsomal vitamin C, so it's a liquid vitamin C, right? So when you have liquid vitamin C absorbed in your body straight away, where if you take something in the gut, the gut has to break down that capsule, right? So it's just a lot faster. Um, And then I take like super enzymes, um, a lot of stuff for the gut. Um, I take um, a great one for the winter time is Alison Max, do you know this one? It's um, powerful, it's garlic basically, but extra powerful garlic. This is really good for viruses and um, candida, all these co-infections in the body. Um, so um, yeah that's kind of what protocol on now and I do the I have my own Rife machine which I'm going to show you later so it's similar to the bioresonance machine so it's an electric magnetic pulse um, therapy so it attacks the pathogens through frequency because as a human we're all run on frequencies and energy right so if I have um, specific um, by the way can I just say and if anybody doubts that then think about music Everybody starts to dance when the right music comes on. Exactly. This is a perfect the example. Music can make you feel sure. It exactly, feel good, right? it can make you feel anything. Uh, and uh, please carry on. Um, so yeah, I do that. I do the cold showers every single morning. Um, I do hot yoga three times a week, and I try every day to do like a lot of stretching and breathing, and kind of do. Um, I think it's really important that whatever you're going through in life to just be grateful in the present. I try, and I'm not perfect at it, you know, I still get down sometimes and I worry about the future and stuff, but 80% of the time I'm like, no, this is where I am in my life. This is kind of believe that it's going to change and breathe and, and be really appreciative of what I, where I am in my life right now, no matter what I'm going through or what, no matter what, you know, because I'm actually meeting the most incredible people in my life right now and that's that's I feel that's a really surreal thing and um, some things are meant to happen right and it sounds crazy like I wouldn't wish what I've been through on anyone but at the same time I look back at my life and I'm like I would you know I would never dreamt that I would just be cooking vegetables as my business yeah <laughs> you know and, and the thing is right that without those super hard experiences you wouldn't have the amazing opportunities and the amazing yeah. life and you would have met, wouldn't have met all of those amazing people. Exactly. So without those hardships, you would probably have a wonderful life that would be a lot more boring yeah. and a lot less, you know, uh, exciting. Yeah, exactly. And um, just connecting with people is, is amazing. They're kind of on similar paths to me. Um, you know, and support each other, you know. I think once you when you've been through um, a lot of, like, whatever it is, trauma or illness, whatever, you become so much grateful in life, you know, and that's the lesson I've learned so massively. Like, before um, before I became sick, I was just this guy that, like, he would moan if the weather's shit. He would moan about little things. Oh, I'm not on, I've not achieved this. I'm 25 and I'm not a head chef yet. I'm not this. And I'm like, wow, like, that was so ungrateful. And I didn't like that person I used to be. So through the hardest times, I'm, so, I'm a more kind, grateful, like supportive person than I've ever been you know but 
at the same time, when I'm struggling a lot with pain or whatever, like I take it out on the people that I love the most, like the, that I'm closest to. Um, so that I'm working on as well, you know. Uh, but uh, what, what, what about the diet? Yeah, so the first time, so I, I obviously read about, obviously sugar feeds the lime, so it's basically you're feeding the fire. So I took out sugar, I took out, I stopped drinking, I just drank water for like nine months. Um, I took out um, red meat, white meat, and I just had like so much, uh, dairy was a huge one for me, took out dairy. And then um, I just started to eat like, uh, this was at the start like years ago, little bits of um, fish with loads of vegetables. And then I basically just took it right down to just eating loads of vegetables. This is before like, I think vegan was even, I kind of like, I don't know, it's, people say it's trendy now or something, you know, it's not. It kind of like, I didn't even know that that word existed then, but I was kind of doing that diet, if you know what I mean, just through naturally, you know, because I didn't really know much about about diet then. Um, and that's when I started to like, with all the other therapies, and people ask me like, like I never preach that like food, food um, cures people or anything like this, but we have to accept that what we put in our body is so important. Um, but I did lots of therapies all at once, so it's a combination of things. Not it wasn't just the food that helped me get so much better. And then since since obviously I flew to Australia and I um, I got a lot worse because of the flight. Um, I've been kind of like working back up on that diet, um, and it's kind of a work in progress. Um, so I kind of like listen to my body and kind of understand what it needs. But I have to get tests. So you know, it's I always say this like it's not. Um, I changed my diet for personal and health reasons. I've never been, even though I really care about the animals now because of what I've been through and I see the world very differently and for a sustainable planet. Um, you know, if my doctor says, Kirk, you, for your health, you're really low on um, this certain iron that you need to get from wild salmon and you need to eat two pieces of wild salmon a day, then I would do that because I have to, It's my health is first. Um, but at the same time, I try and, you know, that would be like a kind of, I don't know, last resort or something. But yeah, like it's always been my health first. I haven't done it like, I never changed my diet for like political reasons or stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand that, um, that we have to, uh, you know, I have to listen to my doctor and take that seriously. And if she says that's what I needed to do, then I would do that, you know. Uh, what's, your, what's your health like compared to uh, pre-Lyme right now? So even before, even pre-Lyme and I have a lot of even so pre-line I always was like when I we I always struggled with like I was always run down with it when I was a young cook working you know 18 hours a day I always struggled you know I struggled to get up in the morning um, and, you know back then my, my dad used to say the piss Kurt you can't even get up in the morning you know what I mean but maybe I was suffering with some things then um, and I always used to get lots of mouth ulcers so I used to get run down I used to get big white ulcers on my mouth right um, and I always, every winter I used to get flu. I used to always get, so actually it's quite surreal, but I've been able to take control of those things while suffering with a Lyme a lot better. So I don't get ulcers anymore. I don't get flu anymore because I take cold showers and I really believe that's the reason why I don't get flu. And it's out there, right? Um, but I, I just go from what I've done, you know. In 2019, I started cold showers, and this winter, I've been strong in them sort of things, you know. The pain I still deal with on a daily basis, 
but the other things I'm able to control. Yesterday I uh, saw you had a slide uh, with a quote from Wim Hof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done his breathing or anything like that? I have done his breathing. I'm actually booked onto his course in uh, May in London. So oh, that's I be, wonderful. I will be going into. And you should come over. And you can come. I would, I would, lo- I would love to do that. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about it for years because I've been following him for years as well. Uh, but uh, he says something great, which is like, uh, if you don't go to the cold, the cold comes to you. Yeah. You know. And that's that's the reason why people get the flu. Because when you think about it, the flu the flu virus, the easiest way for viruses to spread is when you have lots of people uh, together. When do you have lots of people together during the winter time? And you also you have no air uh, flowing because yeah. everyone has closed their windows and everything like that. Uh, yeah. And so this is the perfect time for people to get the flu. Yeah. And people say, oh, I have the cold. No, you don't have the cold. You have the warm. Actually, this is what what you have. Yeah. And the way, obviously, when you go to the cold showers, when you when you just stay out in cold, you build up your immune system to fight against that. And so you're so much, uh, so much more immune to all, all of that. Of things. course, it sounds, and I think the general people will be like, "How does that make sense? That to fight the cold, you put yourself in the cold because, as as we are again taught that, you know, when it's cold, wrap up and all these things. Yeah. Otherwise, you get flu. But that's not what gives you the flu. You yeah, know? Exactly. And I put some Instagram stories up a few months ago at the start of winter. I always do some things. And I put up on the tube and I took pictures of the handrail and stuff. And I was like, guys, you touch that handrail, like 100 million people, not 100 million, like what is it, 10 million people in London, like 5 million people have touched that handrail, maybe not washed their hands, maybe have flu. And that's where the flu comes in, the viruses, the bacteria in the palm of our hands. And also when you're on a tube, you're like sardines, you know, like this. That's why I, and I'm lucky because I, you know, I, I work for myself, but I tell my staff that I'm not coming on the tube in the rush hour, eight in the morning, because when I get to work, I'm, angry you know so i i do more work if i come to work an hour and a half later but the tube is empty and i'm so much more in my mind free Um, and i actually get much more work done so even though i lose an hour and a half i actually gain that time yeah and because we're so protected we're protected with the warmth with like uh, from all the diseases from all bacteria we live in such uh, sterile environments then our immune system has absolutely nothing to do so it's not it's not uh, it's not ready, you know. And so whenever uh, even a small virus or a small bacteria gets on our skin or we breathe it in, we get sick immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Genghis Khan, who uh, was the great Mongol emperor, what he used to do when he had conquered like almost half of the world was that he would never have when he conquered China, he would never have his soldiers uh, within China uh, for more than six months yeah. because they would get too lazy. And when you send lazy people to battle, they just uh, they just die. And when anybody anybody would invade, they would just die. Mm-hmm. So we would rotate them every six months. You always had to go back to the wow. fields, back living in the outside. And this is something that our immune system in uh, this world never does anymore, because we're so protected all the time. Just keep warm. Just protect yourself from everything. Everything is sterile. Everything is antibacterial, and so on and so on. So when a small 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 problem comes, a small bacteria, small virus, we get sick immediately. Yeah. And I think the again what I talked about in a talk last night is I think these I think I kind of like how do we how do we then have the tools to act so like that's what I you know that's interesting to share these things so like you know if you wake up and you feel like really negative in your mind like if you just do um, if you just get out of the bed and stretch and move and put a podcast on telling you you're amazing and telling you like you can follow your dreams and telling you you can do this and do this and then you put yourself in a cold shower in that 10 minutes you can really change the psychology of your brain yeah but you have to do it yeah 
and you have to make the effort and yeah. I think that's where we're in a world now where it's so easy to just go to the doctor and get a prescription yeah. and it's an easier way and then you can eat burgers and change, not change a diet or whatever because yeah, you, have, you have to change so much your lifestyle if I look at my life now for what it used to be I'm like 360 yeah. do you know what I mean I don't go out and get drunk anymore 180 yeah 180 <laughs> when you're 360 all the way back, back round, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very good at those things but do you know what I mean yeah um, so it's um, it's very interesting how how we we have to act to change uh, do you know have you heard about Orsho uh, there is a Netflix documentary called The Wild Wild West he was this Indian spiritual teacher and they set up like this big camp in uh, in the States and uh, it became like a massive massive failure but he has the teachings and he's, he's one of like the most well-known spiritual teachers and he has this Osho uh, dynamic meditations where you're like you do the <laughs> like uh, very active like breathing exercises yeah, yeah, yeah. and jumping and all that kind of stuff and the, all of his meditations go through like different phases and the last phase is always celebration and even when you don't feel like celebrating yeah. Osho teach that you have to celebrate because yeah. we're always like when, you, when we have to cry we're willing to cry when we have to be sad or depressed we're always willing to do that yeah. But we can't, we're not good at forcing our, us, uh, ourselves to celebrate. Yeah. And this is something that he taught, like, no, you have to celebrate. You have to do the other things in life, but you have to be willing to celebrate. Yeah. And, even, and if you can't do it, you have to force yourself to celebrate. Yeah. And this is something very similar to just like you wake up, you start stretching, you start dancing, you go, go take a cold shower, you take control of your life. You're not like, oh, I have this one negative thought, so I'm just going to like wallow in it I'm, yeah yeah and i think there's there's some like it's with the when we have to like this is break the cycle with, with like the negativity we need to just like negativity and positivity should be here right and we should be able to talk about them in the same way not oh negative so bad it's over there and yeah we've all got to be positive all the time because we can actually learn through that negativity yeah. and um and it's um it's how how we I think as well, like who you surround yourself with is really, really important. Um, and I think this, you know, the, with the social media and, you know, we talked about yesterday, like the distractions. So like, if you do feel down, it's so easy to wake up and then sit on your phone for an hour and scroll everybody else's life, you know, and I've been that person, you know, I'm very honest about everything. Um, but now I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I wake up and I don't look at my phone and go straight into the cold shower. Then I'm in charge. My phone's not in charge of me and my body's not. And I think it's taking mind over body. Your body's trying to do something because we are, we are, and I talked about this before. And some people may think I'm a bit weird, but reprogramming your brain. And people are like, what do you mean? How can you do that? You know, it's simple. You change habits. You change habits, you change your mind. So if every morning you, your habit is your, your phone's on charge next to your bed, which 90% of the world do, and you wake up and you turn over and the first thing you do is you look at your phone, right? And then from tomorrow, you put your phone on charge downstairs or you turn your phone off. And when you wake up, you go in the cold shower, then you drink um, a pint of water and then you go to work and you turn your phone on when you get to work, right? And if you do this every single day, you will then defeat the addiction of doing the opposite, right? So then you change your habit and you change your life. Yeah, there's a quote that I read just yesterday which was something like you can't think your say, uh, yourself into better acting but you can't can act yourself into better thinking yeah yeah 
but this is the, this is uh, like very much uh, in connect, uh, connected to the uh, work of like uh, Joey Dispenza and uh, Bruce Lipton. Yeah, can you They're amazing people? Yeah, can you can you tell me a bit about uh, how uh, how you found found Joey maybe or uh, uh, how you? Uh, I think I don't know when you're kind of in that world where I say like I don't know sometimes like I live in a different world to other people and you you know through what you've been through with your health and you are obviously kind of in the same world as me where you just kind of connect with these people and you yeah. understand them so much you know i think you've have to you have to go through things to really believe in those sort of people you know and i actually have friends that have been to jody spencer's retreat and healed them you know from like 10 years can of you suffering. can you tell uh, our listeners like easily try to explain what joey dispenser does or what his like philosophy is um so he's a neuroscientist but he's also so he studies like the brain and how it acts and how it works and the connection to the brain and the body and how we think so basically through and, it, and I, I think meditation is an underestimate of what his work, because it's more than that. But through meditation and through how he retrains your brain, he basically allows your brain to overcome your body. So he can overcome sickness through thinking and through like routines and all these sort of things. Um, and yeah, anyone that's listening, you should follow Jody Spencer and look at his work because he's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, when you when you go through, when even when you just listen to him or when you go through the studies that he has uh, he has done, it's like completely amazing. It's basically like stuff out from the Bible. What like it's 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 basically like miracles. But when you when you start to like read about meditation and especially the neuro uh, neurochemistry of it, yeah. it's. Uh, it becomes more and more clear that they've like over the past few decades they have proven so many things that before yeah. used to be just like stories or people's beliefs yeah. and now we know actually what happens in our brains what happens in our bodies when we meditate when we uh, or when we do any uh, like the things that Joey Dispenza talks about where he's talking uh, like uh, aligning yourself with the future that you want to create mm. not begging for it not praying for it but 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 and that that's what actually what prayer means in the biblical sense. It's not begging that you would have some things that you don't have yet. It's basically like aligning yourself with. Yeah. And I think those things are they're incredible. I believe in them. I do them now. But they they're they're harder than you think. You know, just to change. And I used to be that person. Like I didn't believe in myself like um, like I do now. And I think self confidence to be like, okay, I'm gonna be that person I wanna be. I'm gonna achieve those things that I wanna be and start manifesting that. So visualize yourself in six months time, you know, achieving this certain thing and manifest it. Like I've done certain things that like, you know, from starting up my business plates with my sister um, and you know, it's been tough because sometimes I've had to stop and then start again and all those mind things come in that, oh my God, you're not good enough or all these things. But then you start manifesting, right, this is this is what I'm going to... And I manifest, like, dishes that I want to create. And I manifest, like, places that I want to be. I manifest people that I want to work with. Um, and I believe this is a huge, like, one of the most projects, you know, coming to Estonia. I feel like, wow, it feels like I've met the most incredible people that are so aligned with me. And I think you, as you grow older, you, you, you create, like, I call it like a tribe. And you, it's so important you have the right people around you to create and manifest your dreams. Yeah, but the, because those things used to be very fringe and there still are so many people who are very, very woo-woo about them, it's very easy to be skeptical about those things. 
but basically like when you, when we talk about manifesting because so many people are like connected with like the secret or some just like be, just like being silly basically but but if i would look at it from a practical sense like if you want to build a house if you're an architect you first have to make the, you have to draw the plan right you can't just start building and this is pretty much what you're doing when you're manifesting you're you're yeah and it's uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm very, very happy that more and more of those things are becoming mainstream, yeah. especially when they're connected to people who actually know their science yeah. and who are actually very practical about it. Because uh, for so long, as we just saw, see, saw from your like uh, medical journey with Lyme, it's just like we have those very narrow, very straight paths and we haven't been willing to just like accept anything yeah. from from outside of those and yeah. this is this is changing and i believe like especially now that the new decade is here yeah. like we're uh, we're seeing uh, oh we're the seeing human because it's, it's changing because so many people are suffering yeah that's why and that's the sad part you know you have to suffer before we change and that's what chef's wellness is about is um helping people not get to rock bottom before they change you know what I mean? Yeah. Not going into no, 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 I don't want people to go into the dark places I've been in to then change, you know, and waste all those years or whatever. And I say waste, you know, I can't look back in regret or whatever because things happen for a reason and that's life. Um, but my job for Chef's Wellness is just to, to share knowledge like this. You know, like the way we're talking, we kind of think, or oh, everybody thinks like that, but they don't. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and it's yeah, yeah. Like the more people that talk about like you know, like Jody Spencer is scientifically proving that the way we think affects our body and our life, right? And so the more people that are proving this scientifically, the more people believe him. You know, if you, my sister's always been quite spiritual and um, always like pushed me to think really positive and all this. And when I was twenty three, twenty four, I was kind of like, oh, shut up, Keely. You know, this is all bullshit. Blah blah blah, and. And I think it takes, yeah, the journey that I've been on to really understand and believe in that, that the way you think and how you control your mind. But at the same time, it's okay to accept that you feel down or you feel shit and these things because that's life. Yeah. Well, uh, what would you say to people who are uh, suffering in any way or when you, when you could go back to you when you first got limes, what would be like the main maybe practices or things that they could do in, in their life to make it better? What would you have you said to yourself? Or what would you say to somebody now who is... Uh... Um, I think my biggest thing is don't waste your energy on the wrong people. So when you're talking about invisible illness, make sure you're talking to someone that wants to understand and that's willing to understand, do you know what I mean? Because I spent years trying to explain to people you know, how bad it is and stuff. And if it's not the right person, you're wasting a lot of energy. Um, so being careful who you speak about, like, no, and I think the biggest thing when you suffer invisibly is stop trying to like, like everyone's not going to understand you and you have to just let go of that and the people that are going to be with you will be with you and, and stop trying to chase certain things, you know, as soon as I stopped trying to like, I was searching for all these, searching for all these treatments, all these things, you know, like trying to get people to understand, trying to get all this awareness until I let go of it and trying to like set myself free from this guy that suffers with Lyme and trying to get on with my life. I feel more people that have helped me with my health and mentally and physically have come into my life. Yeah. But, uh, but if, if you would say, uh, if you just take somebody who's not maybe sick 
mm. just a normal person living a normal life, mm. not really complaining about anything. What would be the main things that somebody could do to make their life better? Because yeah. you, you, like you said something before about the phone thing that yeah. I completely agree with, or when you when you wake up with the yeah, like it's hard to say if people now to look at if people are healthy and now look at, they're looking after themselves. What has been the biggest thing for you? Like, what would you never give up anymore? What you like a habit or something that you do, something in your life that you would be like, no, this is I'm I'm gonna hold on to this. Uh, or do you feel like maybe you're still uh, like going through different, uh, trying different yeah, things you know, out? Yeah, the biggest and... thing I don't miss drinking. You know, now like I don't miss getting drunk. Really, really don't. I actually, well, I would rather. You know, I used to think I used to go and spend 150 pounds getting drunk with my friends. You know. <laughs> taking shots and drinking all these beers and stuff and yeah you know you go that's that's great to go through that in your life you know like when you're growing up that's what you do right and but now I'm like I feel so I think the biggest thing is investing yourself and not in things so like like I spoke about yesterday spend a hundred pounds less on a pair of jeans and go and spend that hundred pounds on going to a tree you know having some acupuncture or if you are struggling, go and have some therapy. There's so many amazing things out there, you know, go and have therapy or whatever to then boost yourself. Or, you know, if you're running a business, go to um, an entrepreneurial retreat where you can go to the next level by learning things off other people. Um, that's definitely a thing, you know, like I've spent so much money on myself, you don't even want to know. Um, and I'm at peace with that now, you know, I, I lost a lot of like my life savings to try and get better. Um, but at the same time, I think you have to let go of those things and money. The one thing, like, you can always get money back, but you can't get your health back. Yeah, exactly. And if you invest in your health, I think you'll manifest the journey that you want. What, uh, what would you like to see? Like, the new decade has just begun. Yeah. We're, we're in the beginning of a new era. Yeah. When we would have a conversation 10 years from now, beginning of 2030, what would you like to have seen taking place in the uh, in the twenty uh, in the twenties in this decade. Yeah, uh, in ten years or now? Uh, like no, during this decade. What, what, looking back from ten year uh, from ten years from now, what would you like like to have seen taking place in this decade? Um, God. Um, or, 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 yeah. What? I would love to see a change in in doctors with invisible illness. I think that's my biggest and my biggest job that this year I'm going to try and help as many as like try and get as many talks to try and change the way GPs look at people that are suffering invisibly that's a huge passion I think I would love to change that um, than just give them prescription do you know what I mean um, I think trying to get people to understand and said that symptoms are a cause not a root problem so again finding the root cause to your problem um, and I think just, yeah, people being more aware to what's coming into our world. All these things that come into our world, like Wi-Fi and all these things, they're amazing. And I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, preaching, but we have to understand they are affecting our bodies. So just if people understand that, you know, and do things like turning their phone off before they go to bed and in the mornings and stuff, which does take work, you know, because we're all addicted. It's like these things are coming into our world and we're all hooked, you know. Um, so yeah, I think 
that's kind of are there any uh, like small uh, things like yesterday you talked about the stuff like I do as well like turning off my Wi-Fi before I go to bed any small uh, th- uh, like bits of information or uh, or tips you could give to people that uh, they could uh, do to again make their lives just a tiny bit better yeah with the phone thing the Wi-Fi thing yeah I think uh, gratitude is a big thing so where, wherever you wherever you are in your life just be grateful you know there's always someone worse off than you and if you have a warm bed at night and think you know and you have and if you have your health that's the most precious thing in the world yeah i uh this is again you you talked about that yesterday and resonated so much because uh, for me with my body i've been working out my entire life yeah. but I, the way that i've uh, thought about it was always like oh i can't do this yet i want to be able to do this i want to look like this i want to be able to do that and when i first got to australia I remember I stood, started doing these very intense like yoga practices yeah. that I, I, I was basically like crying every time I did them because they were so, so, so hard. Yeah. And I was just like beating my fist on the ground and just crying. Yeah. And for the first time I started being grateful about the things that I, I can do now that other people right. can't do. Yeah. And when I when just thinking about the fact that I have two arms that work, I have two legs that work, I can do anything, I can talk, I can hear, I can see. And there are so many people who have lost their limbs, there are so many people who are blind, there are so exactly. many people who have lost their uh, hearing, yeah. and they could only dream about doing all the things that I can do just with a normal body. That is not too exceptional, not anything like that. Exactly. And this changed my life. This changed my life so much. And I think that's why when people say to me, like, oh, how do you manage to work, like, dealing with what you deal with and stuff? Because I, I always go back to that. I keep in my mind how lucky I am. I can even, yeah, I'm in pain in my knees and my arms, but I can still cook. And I, and I overcome that with the power of my mind. I'm like, because I'm, I'm like, I'm so fucking lucky. You know, I change it to, I could say I'm so fucking unlucky. And that goes back to Jodie Spence, how you train your mind. And I used to be that person. I'm so fucking lucky. Why did I get this? Why did I get Lyme? Why does it have to be me? Why did I suffer? Why did I fly to Australia and then get worse? Why did... I went through all that for years and it made me so down and I couldn't find myself. And I changed that. I was like, I'm so lucky because out of this, I created plates, which is, you know, an amazing concept that we have. I created Chef's Wellness. And I speak very openly, which I would never speak like before. I'm a completely different human being. And, and again, I'm, and I'm grateful for my legs, my arms, my brain, all these things, even though like, I have brain fog and I forget some things. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to defeat this. Instead of going, oh, but, you know, focusing on the negative bits. Yeah. That's so important, right? Yeah, because when you just when you turn it around, you'll see like, oh, I was given an opportunity yeah. to grow, to find out things, to uh, to see things, and it's just such a massive shift. It's a very small thing to do in your brain, yeah. but you see that every time something very hard happens that you can whine and complain about, yeah. it's an opportunity to grow, to learn, yeah. and without those things, we're gonna have a very, very boring life. Yeah. And I think before, what you just said about pushing yourself with the yoga and stuff, um, before I got sick, I used to be that person that I was so like, I focused on everything that I didn't do, instead of focusing on everything that I did do. So I would be working 16 hours a day, I would then go running, like I would do 10 miles and then the next day I would have to do 12 miles and then the week after I'd have to do 15 miles because I'm like, it's not enough, I'm, I feel guilty if I spent a day off doing nothing and I made myself really down about that, oh I'm not going to achieve my dreams because I, took it, I didn't do anything today, and I was just like, but we have to accept that we have to, that's good to like have a day of doing nothing, yeah. you know, and 
not being so hard on yourself and I should have thanked oh my god I'm amazing because I work 16 hours a day and I worked in this incredible restaurant and I work with these incredible people but instead I was being oh I haven't done enough I haven't done this I haven't done that I didn't achieve this I'm 26 and I haven't got this I guess this is very similar with chefs, right, and with chefs' wellness, because yeah. this is chefs are where I've worked with so many chefs. We're amazing people. The industry is incredible, but we're so hard on ourselves because yeah. we're so driven, and it's, it's it's a mentality that we have to. You know, I'm 32. If you asked me when I was 21, where do you where would you think you'd be when you're 32? Um, <laughs> if you'd have said where I am now, I'd have been like, oh my god, you're embarrassing. Yeah. You know, I live in a shared house with four people. Um, you know. Um, and I live in a, I have a small bedroom. I have a 350 pound electric scooter that I ride to work on. You know what I mean? I've been like, I would have expected you would have a mortgage, I would have a car, I would have a family, I'd have all these things, but I'm like, okay. I'm, when I go into, you know, I live in a nice house, I have a nice warm bed and I look at all the things I'm grateful for. I get to ride my scooter in the fresh air and I look, I think to myself, actually it's better than a car because I breathe in the fresh air, I look at the trees. You know what I mean? So it's again changing our perception of how we think. Yeah, and again, it shows so much about how we're raised in a way that we measure our success yeah. or our imagined success by the things that we own. Yeah, you know, exactly. 10 years from now, this is what I have to own and this is what I have to own. Like, why is this the measure of success and me measure of, uh, of like well-being yeah. and not how we feel, not with the people who are uh, we're surrounded by yeah, like, and all those things that actually matter. Yeah, yeah, like I've, you know, like I've always been like success is, I've got to have this, I've got to have that, I've got to have this and like success is not that, success is health, love, the people you have around you. It's not about like things, do you know what I mean? Like you can spend your life paying off a mortgage and then you can get run over when you're 45 but you've spent all your 30s anxious because you haven't got a mortgage. You know, we can't, and it's again, it's about controlling that equation. Yeah. We can't control that future. We can only live in the present and, and manifest and put out there as many good things as we can and do and connect with as many good people as we can right now. You know, we can always be like, oh, why haven't I met that person? Why have I not cooked with that chef? Why have I not got that restaurant, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of being so grateful for what we have got. Yeah, because there, there are, I would say there are probably billions of people who would give away any, everything that they have to have the life that you have, to have the life that I have, and yeah. to have the life that basically anyone who's listening to us, yeah. because they don't have those things and, and they've never have had those things, and they're probably never gonna have those things. Like, I was like, yesterday when I woke up and then Peter took me out um, for dinner last night and we had such an amazing night, I'm like, I've just met someone that I know is gonna be a friend for life, you know? And that, I'm like, wow, I was so grateful. Like, um, Elmo, as she called, showed me around all day yesterday of the city of um, Estonia. And I'm like, I was like, I'm so blessed, you know? And now like, you know, it's like same with you we will now connect and we'll be friends for life and you don't know in in a year's time i might be doing a project in london or whatever i'm like guys do you want to come over and do this and we all then become better people right yeah. and again that goes back to chef's wellness connecting people helping people be better people i think that's really really cool thing you know um and we can all and then inspire each other and help each other and what do you think about uh because one aspect of health is you, obviously your diet and your supplements and all those things, 
but what about the way how we consume food? Because there are so many people who eat alone. It uh, doesn't matter if they're eating super healthy mm. and they're health gurus or whatever. They're eating alone. They like eat very fast. You know, all those things that surround how we eat, not what we eat. Do you think this is something, again, that, that, that is maybe should change? Because I, I never hear people about to- talking like, well, my mom told me to like, chew slowly and stuff like that. Yeah, but no, it's, no, but it's so, so I, I find really that interesting it's often point. so much more important how, to... Yeah. yeah, how many times do we, how many times do we eat, but we don't think before we eat? Like, like we can, even if it's just like you make an amazing organic salad, say, and when do we ever stop and go, oh my God, like, we are, I'm so lucky that I can eat this salad. Like, think about all the people that, never mind, like, don't even have water in some countries. And I'm there, like, complaining about my life, but yeah, I'm eating an organic salad. Yeah. Like, that's where we have to go back to. Like, yeah. again, it's being grateful, right? Yeah. It's about thinking before we eat. And I've always been, all my life, been so busy in kitchens. I'm being like, I want to get here, that I'm just like... <laughs> bang straight in and our body just doesn't have time to like digest and relax and be grateful for eating that amazing thing that that kind of neutralizes our body and makes us feel better yeah and this is something i've been struggling with my most of my life because even if i eat eat a super healthy diet i eat like and this is it and i do it alone so usually i eat alone and i know both of those things i should be and i try to teach myself but it's so easy to fall back into just like and eat alone while walking and while doing other things and it's uh yeah yeah i think changing your environment where you eat as well is a really changing again it goes back to so if you every day sit on the same table yeah with the same people or whether it's if you live alone sit on that same table and that's where you eat dinner every time right if you then change where you eat even if it's cold you go outside, you breathe that fresh air, and you eat that. Say you make a hot soup, you're gonna have that soup outside. You put a jacket on. You're changing your mindset because you're, you're changing your environment. That's by you controlling where you eat. So even if you, you know one time you put music on and you go and eat your food in your bedroom, it will change the way your mind is. And again, it's that changing your habits, change your life, right? Uh, is there anyone else outside from your field? that you're really inspired by or that you would like more people to hear about? Um, I think Tony Robbins is another one. I don't know if you follow him. I yeah. read all his books. I think it's incredible. Did you see his Netflix documentary? Yeah. What uh, an amazing documentary. I am not your guru if anybody wants to check yeah. it out. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, he. Uh, whenever I feel down or whatever, or sometimes in the morning what I do is I put his... I'll put his podcast on or his YouTube videos on full on loud and I will do some breathing and some stretching and he's really good to like remind you that you've got this or whatever you're on the right path or you know because sometimes even still now I'm achieving so much even through what I'm going through that sometimes I still wake up and I'm like I'm not good enough I haven't achieved enough and he reminds me like and helps me so much to get back on no 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 you're on this path stay there you know what I mean to not go into that dark place so again it's tools to help stop you going into that dark place um, so he's definitely one obviously I talked about the medical medium um, anyone that suffers or with chronic illness or whatever should definitely read his book again different things work for different people um, he's definitely one Joey Dispenza 
And then, uh, do you know about Jay Shetty, right? Yeah. Uh, he's obviously incredible. His his podcasts are very inspiring. Um, again, I think it's having them tools. Surround yourself with, you know, if you feel a bit down, put your earphones in and put something on that's going to talk to you and tell you that it's okay and you're going to be better and you're going to do this. Instead of doing the opposite, they'll put some music on and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's how you how you control that split second yeah. is really important. Yeah, this is also something that uh, sparked in my mind when you were talking yesterday is that with the digital age now, yeah. we have, we're connected to everyone and we can find anything that we want to find but because there is so much noise it's very hard to find the signal and just as well as you can find those amazing people like Joey Dispenza, like Jay Shetty, like the medical medium, like uh, like Bruce Lipton, like Tony Robbins you can also find like quacks and hacks and like people who are just very mainstream or very uh, very negative whatever and it's uh, for me it's always been uh, such like a question that some people find the right people and some people just don't, but they just don't find the right people. Mm -hmm. And because there, there, there's so much noise, they don't even know that they haven't found the right people. They, they think they've found the answer, you know? I think people are scared to, to, to break free of the people that aren't good for them as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you have to be, I used to be that person, you know, if I'd be like, oh, why does that person not, not doing this or like, I have to, you know, I want, I have to, that person has to like me. You know, I'm done with all that. Like, I, I hope that I'm a likable person. And if, you know, in, but in life, some people won't like you and you have to just be like, okay, it's fine. But again, it goes to manifestation. If you manifest the people you want around you, but you have to control that, right? So, you, you know, you go and have coffee with that person that's going to make you feel good or going to support you or get behind your projects, you know? And it's the same with Chef's Wellness. I've had so many people that get behind me and I'm like, wow, like, I'm so grateful. Even some people that I've never met before and they come and they're texting me now and stuff. And again, friends for life. And I feel like I've known them 10 years. And you can have some people that you've known all your life that don't really get behind you on that project. So, you, you know, you have to... I'm very lucky I have the most amazing friends and family. Um, again, so I'm so blessed. But you have to then balance that you know and be strict with that and if you if you do feel oh, it's gone if you feel um, you know down or whatever it's important that you have the right people that, that, are, that are around you yeah. and it's okay to say no if you feel if you feel shit then it's okay to say no I can't come out today I feel shit and if yeah. people want to judge you on that and say oh he's weak or he's he's soft or whatever fine that's their problem that's their problem yeah. but I used to always the whole time I was suffering with Lyme, I just used to say yes, 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 because, and then I'd go to these parties, I'd go to this thing and I'd feel so ill, but I'd be doing it for other people that don't even give a damn about me. So I was giving myself to some, for a, a pointless cause. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's really important. Okay, because uh, as we've uh, heard for a long time, the restaurant is starting up. So before we wrap up, uh, just one last question. Anything else you want people to know? Uh, anything else you would like to leave people with? Or And also, uh, if people want to find uh, out more yeah, about yeah. you, where they can do so, that? So yeah. I share a lot of my stuff on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Kirk underscore Howarth. My, my food studio and restaurant is called Plates London. So it's www.plates-london.com. And you see all our content on there. Um, and yeah, I just hope that um, people follow me, people can connect with me, and hopefully I come back to Estonia in the summer. Peter's already invited me, so hopefully we can do another dinner. And I hope more people will come, and maybe we do the whole restaurant eating plants. That would be like an amazing thing, right? 
like 100 people just eating plant food. Um, yeah, so I just want to say thank you to you, thank you to Peter, thank you to everyone here at this restaurant for making me feel so welcome and um, friends for life. Beautiful, thank you Kirk very thank much. You, man. Thank you for listening. The next week's podcast is going to be in Estonian and I will be talking to Marco Mel about the future of agriculture and whether veganism is the answer to our climate's problems.